Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone, from beginner to expert, can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. You know, it's been a minute since I have recorded an episode all by myself. I had a whole bunch ready to go because I was having a baby, and so I feel like I haven't done one of these in so long. I feel like I'm almost out of touch with my own podcast right now. So I'm really excited to be back recording episodes and to interact with my listeners. P.S. Me and my new baby girl are doing so good. It's been so fun to have another girl in the home. I know she's a newborn and everything, but still, I am just soaking it in and loving it so much. And I appreciate those of you who have reached out and congratulated me. But yeah, we are doing good. And today is a really fun episode. I'm excited for it. It's been one that has been sitting on my list for a while. I've been wanting to get to it. And so today we're going to talk about how to get a plant job or a job in the horticultural world. And also, before I kind of start this episode, since I've been away, I want to do another giveaway. And you guys know that I choose my giveaway winners from those of you who have left reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to enter in, you get the chance to win a free plant, win some plant school merch, possibly some other things. Just leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's as simple as that. Make sure you type something in because I'm not able to see the reviews that are just you submitting a star rating. I can only really see the ones when you type something out and then I will shout you out and, and get you a whole package of goodies sent your way. So anyways, back to the episode. This episode was inspired by someone who reached out to me on Instagram. So Lindsay, thank you so much for messaging me. She asked me if I could simplify different branches of horticulture and go into the different available careers and where to kind of start if you want to get into the industry. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. There's some really fun and interesting jobs out there and we're going to learn all about them. I'm really excited to do this. It was it was kind of fun to see the wide expanse of jobs that you can get. But first, I want to go into the branches of horticulture, what each one of them are, kind of how horticulture came about, and then we will touch on the jobs. And at the very end, I did some research on how to actually get into these jobs and enter this world if you are interested, if that's something you've wanted to do. And there's literally something for anyone. If you wanted to spend a few hours a week doing something like this, dedicate your whole life to it. There's such a broad range of time requirements for these jobs. And so 
So at the end, you'll see that they can apply to anyone who's interested in getting a job in horticulture. All right, so to start off, what is horticulture? And its definition is the art or practice of garden cultivation and management. And horticulture is really the combination of two Latin words, hortus, which means garden, and cultura, which means cultivation. So it literally translates in its most simple form to garden cultivation, though it's kind of taken on a bigger context than just that. It also includes like the production of plants for food, for comfort, and for beautification. It's a really broad world now. And hearing that definition... I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but when I heard it, I felt this way that it kind of sounds like the exact same thing as agriculture, but actually agriculture is different. It's defined as a more intensive strategy involving plowing, animal traction, and really large-scale operations, while horticulture is more specialized and small-scale. So, going into kind of the history of how horticulture even came about it kind of traces back to thousands upon thousands of years ago. It helped contribute to the transition of humans from nomadic communities to more sedentary communities where we kind of just stayed in one place. And the development of horticulture honestly kind of follows human history. There was so much to it. I'm going to take you through like the beginnings. I'm sure I could spend a whole podcast episode talking about how it's changed over time, but I'm just going to kind of give you the beginnings because that's probably the part that we're most interested in and maybe don't know a lot about. So tools for agriculture slash horticulture go all the way back to the Neolithic age, which is around 40,000 BC, really long time ago. And it's kind of uncertain when these smaller gardens or kitchen gardens, if you will, were grown close to the home in enclosed areas because before then there would be huge farm fields that we would tend and look after. But at some point there was a transition to us having smaller gardens near our homes as well. And so by the third millennium, there's archaeological evidence in Sumeria, which is now like south central Iraq, of small enclosed areas for vegetables and fruits. So most horticultural historians believe that it kind of started around that time. These smaller gardens, these horticultural practices started to develop. And historians believe that horticulture really got its beginning in Egyptian temple gardens, where fruit trees, palms, and grapes were cultivated though they probably borrowed and refined different technologies to make this possible from other Middle Eastern nations. So it's kind of cool because some of the things they were doing way back then have stuck around. So for example, ancient Egyptian gardens were often formal, very symmetrical, and rectangular, and that's something we still do today. A lot of people, including me, like when I grew up and my family had a garden, it was a formal garden. It was symmetrical. They were rectangles. And the Egyptians did this because it was the most efficient for irrigation, for weeding and harvesting to have your smaller gardens in these shapes. So things like that, you can kind of see that way back then they were doing that and we're still doing it today. And moving along with history, there are different things within horticulture that were going on. For example, pre-Columbian Aztecs, they had these flower gardens because they had really important Aztec religious ceremonies that relied on flowers. 
Therefore, they would have small flower gardens next to people that were wealthy or had high priority, and Greeks are often credited with their knowledge of grafting, budding, legume rotation that kind of built our basis of knowledge for some of these different areas of horticulture. And like I said, I would keep going, but just know that horticulture gradually progressed as human history went on to what it is today. And you may be thinking, well, what is it today? What does it all entail? So there are four branches of horticulture. There's pomology, lyriculture, floriculture, and arboriculture. And I'm going to tell you about each one, what they are, and then at the end, after I've kind of summed them up, I'll go into the jobs that each one may entail. So first one, pomology. This is the cultivation of fruit crops. And this makes sense because a pom is one of the types of seeds within fruits, like peaches. It's called a pom because it has a hard inner seed. And so pomology, you can kind of think of peaches and fruit crops. So this area or branch of horticulture would include sowing, harvesting, processing, preserving, marketing of fruits, and nuts. It includes nut crops as well. So that sentence alone, you can see why there would be so many jobs within just this one branch. A pomologist, they are often researching at universities or developing, breeding, and evaluating new varieties of fruits or nuts, and they help the technology of production and handling of temperate fruit and nut crops, you know, how to make them last as they are shipped overseas, how to make them have the best flavor, but it also just includes everything that can go into growing fruit trees, growing nut trees, things like that. Next is oloriculture, and this is the cultivation of vegetable crops. So any herbaceous plants that is considered a vegetable and mainly there for cooking purposes, right? That's why we grow veggies. So if you are growing a garden, that makes you technically an oloriculturist. And just like pomology, it includes the production, the storage, processing, and marketing of vegetables. And the next two branches are floriculture and arboriculture. And these two, they're kind of often lumped together under ornamental horticulture. So don't be confused by that. It, they've kind of been pieced out. But these two branches, floriculture and arboriculture, are often referred to as the green industry. So if you ever heard that term, it's encompassing floriculture and arboriculture. I feel like it can kind of reach outside of that as well because it is more of a loose term. Let's go into floriculture. A lot of you may be familiar with what this is. It's the cultivation of flower crops. And so this includes the production of not only flowers, but also potted plants and annual bedding plants. So you can think of, you know, your house plants, your plants that you find in nurseries. This is all under floriculture. And lastly is arboriculture, which is the science and growing of trees and other woody plants. So there are some people out there who they don't call arboriculture one of the branches of horticulture. They just call it landscape horticulture. So it's kind of the same thing, arboriculture and landscape hor and landscape horticulture. Holy cow, there are so many words ending in culture. I hope you guys don't get sick of these words because me just trying to say them is getting a little tricky here. But anyways, it's also called landscape horticulture and so it includes 
not only trees and how they, you know, they adapt to different environments, where to put them, but also includes designing plans for landscapes, installing landscapes, landscape maintenance, that whole side of things as well. And with that, now that we know the four branches of horticulture, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the jobs that each of these horticultural branches offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back and let's jump into some jobs in the horticulture industry. So starting off, I'm going to lump pomology and olariculture together because their jobs were very, very similar. So a quick search on something like Indeed.com or another job search website leads to a lot of openings for agriculture instructors at various colleges and universities. So there was like a huge need for anyone to be teaching about pomology or olericulture or something related to that realm. But besides that, there of course are jobs of growing and selling your own fruit slash nuts or veggies for starters. So those who own their own orchards are technically pomologists and those who have vegetable gardens are olericulturists and we kind of talked about that. So you could have that be a job by selling your produce at a farmer's market or selling to local grocers. Also, being a field worker and helping harvest at an orchard, nut farm, veggie farm are jobs within these branches of horticulture. You could work at a packaging or processing plant. This could be like a canning facility or something along those lines. You could also be a consultant to help growth of healthy fruits, nuts, or vegetables for large farms. This is something you might need a degree for, but people who are like plant pathologists who specialize in plant disease could help consult large farms. You could be a pest control manager for these farms. Again, probably might need a degree for that sort of thing. I know pest control, you think of like working with bugs and things like that. There's a lot of know-how behind that, a lot of research that a degree would be super helpful with. And then there's also the research side of these for the production, storage, processing, and marketing for vegetables, nuts, or fruits. So this might be developing and evaluating new types of fruits, nuts, or veggies. There are people called flavor technicians who analyze the taste of these new varieties. Some really interesting jobs within there. But let's move on to floriculture. This one was really fun to learn about. Honestly, once I got into the floriculture jobs and the arboriculture slash landscape horticulture jobs, all of them, I was like, ooh, I would want to do that. I think I would want to do that for a job. So this is what really, you know, kind of got me interested into the plant world and got me interested into my degree that I got from my university. So I'm really excited to talk about these ones. So starting off, and this is the same as with the first two branches, you can be an educator, and teach either floriculture or floral design, 
And floriculture also entails being something like a garden center manager, where they largely sell annuals. Think of like your local nursery. A garden center manager would be someone in charge there. Also, being an employee or worker there would be working in floriculture. And being an indoor plant shop owner or worker is included in this branch of horticulture, which would be like a dream job to work at an indoor plant shop or to own one. Both would be very cool. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun. Being a commercial plant designer, so you're the person bringing houseplants into businesses and caring for them, kind of like a houseplant consultant slash manager for commercial operations. I did this when I worked at my university's greenhouse. We were in charge of taking care of all the houseplants around campus. And it was a big job, but it was also a lot of fun. So that's something that's done outside of universities, of course, and that maybe you could even start. I was thinking it would be a fun side hustle to go to different businesses Pitch your idea that you can be a houseplant manager and water and care for them, charge like a base monthly fee, along with any extra costs for replacing houseplants that were miscared for, things like that. I think that would be a really fun job. Anyways, flower farming is included in floriculture, which makes sense. This is like one of the most direct ways to work with flowers. There were even, when I was looking around, there were some job openings for the Cut Flower Farm Association. And they, they help flower farmers all across the state. I think each state has their own cut flower farm association. So you could either work for them or you could be your own flower farmer where you are growing flowers and either letting people come in and cut their own flowers and make their own bouquets or perhaps you're making the bouquets and doing events or you're taking them to farmers markets and selling them there. Also, I think this would be such a fun job to do or to go after is being a flower farmer. There's even like dried flower artists who will take dried flowers and make them into really beautiful art pieces. I've seen this done especially so with like bridal bouquets where people want to preserve their wedding flowers and they send them to a dried flower specialist And they're able to either put them like in a frame or some other piece of art and kind of help them remember those flowers forever. And this is something I feel like anyone could learn. You just need the technical skills and probably just some time to get the experience, find out what works and what doesn't. Also within floriculture, and this one is something I found because of one of my interests that I'm in. And I don't know if it's very well known. So I kind of just want to throw it in here because I think it's interesting. So on the side, besides doing my podcast and YouTube channel, which I love doing, I also love to resell things. So for example, I will go to a thrift store, find items that are quality and they sell like on eBay or Poshmark, things like that for a higher value than what I'm buying it. And I will clean them, put them on eBay and have them sell there and it's first of all it's fun for me to do and also it's just like a fun way to earn a side income and probably one of the easiest ways I found to earn a side income in a really quick and reliable way so taking that I've also seen people become plant resellers now this is something I probably wouldn't do because where I'm at in northern Utah 
there's not like a plethora of tropical houseplants going around. The lady who I saw did this, she lived in Florida. So it kind of makes sense. There's a ton of tropical houseplants there. That's largely where they're being shipped from if they are grown in the U.S. So it makes sense that she was able to do this. But she would go to greenhouses, nurseries, hardware stores, wherever they sold plants. She would go through and look for rare plants, ones that people were having a hard time getting, but she had access to because she's in Florida. And she would buy them, propagate them, and resell them online, whether it was like Facebook Marketplace. But she was able to make her living by finding rare plants and reselling them online for a higher price. I know this might like make some people mad that, you know, she's jacking up the price when she got it for a really good deal, but that's honestly how businesses work, right? They get an item or stock or something for a lower price at like bulk prices and then they sell it to the public for higher prices. It's just the way the world goes around. And yeah, it may be annoying when you're having to pay buco bucks for a plant you want, but that's just kind of the way it works. And I do think this would be like a, a fun, maybe side hustle, maybe job to have if you live in the right area. That's like the one caveat. If you have a lot of tropical house plants being sold around you, you could probably do this. Or you could just open up a rare plant shop and do something like that instead. Also, being a florist is in floriculture, no duh, and you can be a self-employed florist or you can work at a shop. Also, working or owning your own seed farm is considered under floriculture or doing bulb production. So, bulbs grow things like daffodils, tulips, things like that. So, either growing seeds and selling them or bulbs and selling them is within floriculture. Both of those, I think, would be fun, especially seed farming. There's like a whole process to growing things and taking the seeds and cleaning them and finding the viable ones. There's like different machines that will like spin them around and the ones that are kind of too small or haven't grown right will fall out as it spins around. Different mechanisms that kind of whittle down the good seeds and the bad seeds. And then you sell obviously all the good seeds. You throw out the bad ones. But there's like a whole industry behind seeds and being a seed farmer. And I think it would be so fun. I think I've said that about like five of these jobs already. But all of them I just feel like are really interesting jobs and would be really fulfilling. So now let's move on past floriculture into arboriculture, which is also known as landscape horticulture. So first of all, there are arborists. And those are the people that are climbing trees. Yes, you can have a job to just climb trees and trim them. Arborists also remove trees. They can be hired by the city to keep trees out of power lines. There are all sorts of arborist jobs. They actually pay decently well because it is more of a high-risk job. You need to know what you're doing or you could get seriously injured or killed. So I admire arborists. I'm not someone who loves to be up high in a tree with a chainsaw, but kudos to the people that do want to do that. So also within this branch of horticulture is landscape designers. You can be self-employed in this realm, you know, be a freelance landscape designer and just by word of mouth design yourself, or you can be hired by a company. I did a little bit of freelance landscape design myself because of what I graduated in in landscape management. 
I took a lot of classes on how to make a design, how to draw them. There were two classes just on how to draw these things. And then just all the different things that go into it. It's actually quite a bit of work. You can make good money being a landscape designer if you know what you're doing. I have friends that I know from my college major that I took that this is their whole job is being freelance designers. Some of them work for businesses, but a lot of my friends are women and a lot of them are stay-at-home moms. And so most of them are freelance designers and they make good money doing it. Other jobs within this realm include landscape estimating or bidding. That's where like you get a landscape plan and you take measurements of everything. Usually there's like a program system that will do this for you, but you're able to come up with a pretty accurate estimate for a job and how much it's going to cost and then you can bid on it and hopefully that person or that company will hire you out to do the job. It's a really important thing that goes into landscaping that I feel like is looked over. Of course there's landscape foremen who are doing the actual labor work and there's tons of job openings for that kind of work because it is hard work. Next there's landscaping maintenance also known as being like a groundskeeper where you keep a landscape looking nice. So you're out most days doing the weeding, doing the trimming, things like that. That also could include snow removal if you live in an area where it snows. I had friends who were on landscape maintenance crews in college, and they were in charge of snow removal. And man, I do not envy them because I know that they would get calls at any hour of the night to come to campus and start doing snow removal usually by hand, by like shovel, because there's lots of small sidewalks and things that big tractors can't get to. And yeah, also just good hard work that I admire people who do that. Also within arboriculture and landscape horticulture is tree farming. So it wouldn't necessarily be fruit trees because those are more in pomology, like we discussed. This might be things like Christmas trees, ornamental trees, things more of that nature. And then there's irrigation specialists who are installing and maintaining sprinklers. There's lawn care specialists who will come and help you with your lawn, help you with different diseases or things you may be dealing with. Of course, you can have a whole business just mowing lawns. I know that's like a popular teenager job to have. And then last thing I want to mention was athletic turf specialists. And yes, this is a thing. I took a class called Turf Science. It sounds kind of boring just to learn about grass, but it was really interesting. We visited quite a few facilities of surrounding sports teams, and we would get to know the turf managers there and how they went about making their fields look really nice. It's like a whole science. There's a lot of work that goes into it because... After each game, you don't think about it, but they've got to like patch up and make that athletic turf look nice, especially like after a big old football game. If it's muddy, that thing gets torn up and they have ways to deal with it and manage it so that by the next event, it's looking nice. Because if that turf is not looking nice, it reflects poorly on not only the team and the whole business of that team going on there. So it's a really important job, not something you would think about. Golf courses are the same thing. They have managers there that are managing the grounds and the turf, and they have very specialized ways in keeping that grass looking good, special like soil mixes, sand mixes, and ways of mowing the grass to keep it looking really nice and performing the way it should. 
Okay, so now that we've covered so many jobs, so many different jobs that you could have within horticulture, how do you actually go about getting into them if you are at all interested? So for a lot of them, a degree may be required. So that would apply especially so for like teaching or faculty jobs. If you want to be a consultant and tell people how to deal with different pests or things like that, you probably need a degree, probably a master's degree or even a doctorate degree to know what you're doing in the consulting world. But besides that, being like a designer or things like that, generally you need a degree for it. Whether it's what I had, which was landscape management, or it's a horticultural degree, agriculture degree, somewhere in that realm to be able to get into some of these jobs. A whole lot of these jobs, though, don't require any degree at all, just some practical experience. And some, you don't even need much practical experience at that. Of course, any job as a laborer or foreman is fairly easy to get. So when I was looking around at the different jobs, so many would pop up for garden centers, nurseries, landscaping companies, just for foremen, for general employees that need people there to do some of the more laborious tasks of like watering, trimming, weeding, moving different plants around, things like that. And these jobs go up during busy growing season. So there's lots more of them when it is growing season. They need extra workers. So nurseries will often hire seasonal workers starting in the busy spring hours when things are kind of picking up. They need a lot of hands on deck to get inventory ready for all those people coming in to buy flowers and vegetables and things like that for their gardens. Florists will usually take on extra help during busy holidays, such as Valentine's, Mother's Day. Often they will be hiring out seasonal workers to come in and help. So if you want something seasonal or part-time, be sure to look during spring or look during holiday season if you want to go into the floral world. And from there, maybe you could get a full-time job if that's what you're looking for. And then, of course, there are seasonal jobs for orchards or farms when it is time to harvest. So during harvest season, they need people to come and pick produce. And that's an easy way to get into this industry because they are always needed. And the great thing about these labor jobs, whether it's seasonal or part-time or full-time, they will often lead you to jobs higher up in the industry, such as being a manager, or maybe you're just learning the skills so that you can be the head florist one day, or maybe you can veer off into landscaping and be a landscape estimator or a landscape designer after you've been a foreman for a while. I know that when I was being scouted out to work at different landscaping companies, they often had a way of bringing in new employees where they would let you experience every section of the business. So you would spend a few weeks being a landscape foreman and then you would work in office either doing the estimating or sometimes they would even let you shadow the designers and look at their design work and what they were up to. And then from there, they would be able to place you in something you are interested in and kind of let you grow in that area, switch around if you need to. But just getting your foot in the door in the green world can lead to bigger things. And then also, I feel like I should mention a lot of these jobs can just be started by yourself. So nothing is stopping you from being a florist. 
you can go into a floral shop and they will let you buy wholesale flowers. You kind of get them in bulk, but they're discounted prices and you could design someone's wedding. And yeah, you probably need to know the different types of flowers, how to make them look pretty, of course, but nothing is really stopping you from going and doing that. Also working with dried flowers, that's something that you could start on your own. If you are comfortable pressing flowers, drying them, and then creating really unique designs with them, whether like in a, a box frame or a flat frame or some other medium, people will pay good money to have their wedding flowers memorialized. Starting a flower farm, of course you need land for this one, but if you have the land and if you have a desire to learn how to grow flowers because you don't need a degree to learn how to grow flowers, I'm sure you will learn it all, you can start your own flower farm. One of my family members is actually toying with this idea. I really hope she does it because I think it would be so much fun. But I told her my first piece of advice is to send your soil to a soil lab and see what your soil is made up out of. And then from there, you'll be better able to know what types of fertilizer your ground needs and your flowers are going to need, how to work with that soil and things like that. Also selling houseplants, that's something you can start right now all by yourself. You can propagate your own houseplants. You can flip them online. You can start your own houseplant shop if you have the space to do it. It's like one of my dreams one day to own a houseplant shop. I think it would be so much fun. And if you're able to find a space, you can also buy wholesale houseplants. I'm not certain, but I think you might need a license to buy wholesale plants from a nursery. But that's something that you could start yourself. No degree really needed. And then I mentioned this one before, but there's like freelance design. If you feel really confident in your design skills or you have experience with landscapes and knowing how to design them, you can advertise those skills and become a freelance designer. And let me just tell you, in the short time I did it, word of mouth spread so fast. I would do one design and I feel like from there I'd have three more people asking me for designs because they knew I did it for so-and-so. So word of mouth can really spread fast if you do choose to go into a freelance job like this. And also on the topic of like getting into the green industry yourself, you can do something like I'm doing where I started a podcast. I started a YouTube channel where I'm simply sharing my knowledge, what has worked for me, sharing my research that I do. I do it because I think it's really fun. I'm not in it for the money. Let me tell you that. But I have a lot of fun doing it. And though it's not like me physically getting my hands dirty, it's more of like content creation. It's still within the green industry and it's really fulfilling for me. One day I hope to get into a more hands-on role, but for right now I'm happy with where I'm at. So all in all, if you're wanting to get into the green industry or into the horticultural world, I suggest at looking at job openings for nurseries or plant stores at any time, but also, especially right before busy growing seasons, usually starting around the springtime. And I'd also suggest reaching out to local shops, local orchards if you live in a rural area, local farms to see if they're hiring. There's no harm in sending an email to someone and just asking. Or like we talked about extensively, you can start your own business. So many ways to get involved within horticulture. Anyways, I love doing this episode and learning more about this kind of stuff and talking to you guys about it because it's something I'm really passionate about. 
is the green industry and all the fun things that it entails. I hope this was helpful to you if you've ever been thinking about getting a part-time job or maybe starting your own little thing. It's a lot of fun. It's really fulfilling work working with plants and making beautiful spaces, working with living things. Just all of it, I think, is really fulfilling work and it makes a difference in the world. And with that, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Plant School podcast. And I hope that you will join me in two weeks for a brand new episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast.